Well, I will say that there's certain words that I just don't like saying. For instance, chapter, which is unfortunate because it's one of the words I say the most. But to me, every time I say chapter, it sounds like I'm saying chapter. So I have to always be like chapter, chapter. Josh vs. Josh, Season 5, it's Resurrection Time. Josh vs. Josh was dead, but now they're back again. Sweet shows and amazing guest stars. Ryan Wright shot lasers from the Death Star. Matt zipped in and he zipped out, but no one knows what he was talking about. JDS took a rest, he spread his wings and flew far, far away. But now he's back to rule the paw game. Spitting on a little guy's face, eating ice cream and potting all over the place. Tom Nook is a Crook, but Corey is working hard for the bells. Only PayPal, him and friends and family for that gyro sells. Jazz says sticky food makes it hard to wipe, especially when you're up potting all dang night. Takes a break to read some 17. Steve Buscemi on the cover of his magazine. Recycle some jokes and bring the garlic bread because Josh vs. Josh is back potting again. Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to JVJ. I'm your Ooh. host, Corey Hatfield. With me in the studio is Jush. I still don't know if I agree with the nickname, but... And JDS. Hi, guys. Special guest today. Luke Daniels. Luke. Unless you want to go by a pseudonym. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, liquid U and Jush, and you can say Luke Daniels. Luke Daniels. Luke well, we yeah. don't know if you wanted to make it so no one knew you were on this podcast like like uh, JDS does. <laughs> yeah, I don't, no, I'll I don't just, want anyone to know. I'll just have you bleep out my name anytime we say it. I Yeah, I just wouldn't bet on any editing. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a well, Don then good. Chapman You're professional quality. Been, we've got a Don Chapman episode that's been in the pipeline for several weeks now, so... Man, you've been cranking away. I bet those long late night editing sessions are just a bear. Yeah. You just grinding it at both ends, you know? Like, that's tough. If it's an hour long, it's like a three hour long session. Hey, Lucas, I don't need to be hearing it from you, too. Let's just. I just know what it's like anytime I'm in the booth. It's like, that's like, if I'm in front of a computer, that's got to be bankable time because I've gotten to the point now where. Uh, I literally, it's killing me every moment I'm in front of a computer. I feel like it now, like after 10 years of being in a small room facing several monitors, I now realize like, yeah, this is bad. Like, like I have to just do whatever I can to get the book done, but any extra time I can't be in there. I can't. No, it's too much. I had to get glasses recently. There, you got an exclusive. You want that? Luke Daniels had to get glasses. Another exclusive. I heard from a little bird, your middle name is Justin. It is. Very (laughs) good. That little bird knows its secrets. Yeah. (laughs) It might be in your email, but we won't tell anybody about that. We'll bleep that out. Whoa, there we go. They're going to figure it out now. So what we usually do is talk to you for a while, and then at the end we have someone who's sent in questions, just random kind of nonsense questions. Perfect. I like nonsense. Podcasts. I'm all about nonsense. Let the nonsense commence. Do so you you do all of your own editing? No, no, none of it. No, no. <laughs> uh, but but I just mean like being in the booth. If I I do so, what we do is a raw, clean punch and roll record. So that means I sit in there with the program and then I record. And then as I'm going, if I fuck up, I make sure it sounds good 
with no clips, uh, no mistakes. So when I'm handing over the audio, they're doing all the back end stuff of, you know, bumping it up, cleaning it up and that kind of thing. But and making sure that the word perfect stuff is there. But I try to give them, you know, so there is some editing involved, at least because I'm so anal because I hate mouth noises. I hate that kind of stuff. So I don't want it. I figure if it leaves me, I can't guarantee that it won't get cut out. So I just try to cut everything I can that makes me annoyed. So it takes, we, takes a while. <laughs> we shoot for a lot of mouth noises. Our, that's it, it is my greatest pet peeve. Eating ice cream. Yeah. I have a I, yeah. I have a 15 year old. I've like taught her to pick it out. I'm like, do you hear that? And we're listening to NPR, which is like should be renamed like the mouth noise public radio because it drives me crazy. Like everyone on there needs a bottle of water. I don't understand it. Well, that's I, my maybe, rant. Maybe don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So far, you guys don't sound so bad. I didn't I didn't pick it up. It's a little nasal, but, you know, I live in the Midwest, so I'm used to that. My bad. Yeah. I have a feeling that's probably why the Josh was taken out. Yeah. Yeah, these hicks over here. They're no. all dating their sisters and stuff. It's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Wait, you grew up in the Midwest? Yeah, Michigan. Is that's, that where you are now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Uh, that's crazy. We're in Illinois. Yeah, my brother lives in Illinois. He lives in Springfield. I go there a bit, quite a bit. Oh, well, that's not too well, far. Well, next time you uh, go to Springfield, swing by and we'll hook you up with a t-shirt. <laughs> oh my goodness! If I could only, I just <laughs> I'm gonna. Podcast you don't know. Josh just got a new dog. It's pretty cute. <laughs> it's true. That's Juice. amazing. I do like dogs. What kind of dog is it? He's a corgi. Oh, good. So it, it needs some leg extensions. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Ein, and he's he might be the devil. Well, well you named him after a German word. What were you going to expect? He named him after a cartoon. Jewish is a real nerd. No. I got a new cat, if you're interested. <laughs> oh Jesus. Is this what we're talking we got I got a dog, too. It's great. I had one before yeah, it died. My, there we go. My, my cat's brand new. Well, I oh. mean, on the subject, I was talking to... Uh, not to name drop, but I was talking to Steve Campbell yesterday. Oh, there we go. And he was uh, <laughs> telling me he doesn't want a dog because he doesn't like picking up shit. And then he called me like a fecophiliac or something, and it really degraded pretty quickly. Doesn't yeah. he have a kid? Yeah. I don't... Yeah, he has, picked I up think his he has two, here. but they don't poop on the ground anymore. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> so, uh, so what got me interested in having you on the podcast is... Uh, I listened to your book Shadow Magic. Shadow Magic, yes, I, yeah. I know you yeah, do good. so many, so it's so hard. No, I just did that one. That was a recent yeah, yeah. one, so you're you're in luck. I but I was listening it. to it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this narrator doing? Like, <laughs> like a lot of weird things with the character. And then about 20 minutes into the book, I'm like, man, I love this. this oh, it thank really you. made the book special to me. And then I go back and realize I've listened to tons of your books. Really? Like all oh, the Magic 2.0 books, like we oh, yeah. love, we love them for years now. Those are so much fun. I'm doing the next one, two weeks. Uh, not not this week, but next week I'm supposed to start it. But I got to finish this book first. I'm always like three days behind. How long does it take you to knock out a book? About a week now. When I do it at home, if I'm in a studio, I can do it faster with other people. But um, when it's at home, it's about a week a book. Juice, you recorded one in how Yeah, long? not not to brag, but I recorded a whole book. I recorded a whole audiobook in three minutes one time. One take. Damn. Right 
Damn. Well, there you go. Yeah. Just uh, what address do I send the Hall of Fame award to? I'll just scratch out my name and put yours on there. Jush. Is that spelled with two O's? Is there an umlaut? It's two U's. Two U's. <laughs> ah. And they said I can't give out my address on the air anymore because people keep coming. Oh, out. yeah. So pay your dogs. Mostly ladies. No. They tell you they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a lady. I'm a beautiful lady. <laughs> I got long flowing uh, hairs. Uh, I'm beautiful. I noticed, uh, so I'm listening to the uh, Magic 2.0 books right now, actually. And uh, one of your characters sounds a lot like Dale from King of the Hill. Uh, uh, is he this guy? Kind of up here? Greg, Gary, Gary, Gary. Oh, wait, Gary's like down here. Yeah, Gary's this guy. Oh man, he always goes for the bad joke, and he's like, "Ah, that's." Or am I thinking of somebody else? He sounds nothing like Dan. No, that's uh. Then there's Gary's this guy. I think there's another guy that talks like this, and he's kind of. I don't know, maybe. And then there's the African American gentleman that's like, everything's like this, which is (laughs) very stereotypical, but I get away with it. (laughs) And then. Thinking of Glenn. No, I don't know who I'm thinking of. I'll have to, to think yeah. about. But and then Philip. Philip is one of the favorites. Is that Philip, you're thinking of? Philip is my people love it. Everyone Philip wants Philip favorite. on there. Yeah, hey, I uh, thought I've Philip was of... gonna be a real douche at first, but then he ended up being great. Oh, he's very he's he's fanciful. He likes fun things. He likes to sing songs. He's a big karaoke fan. No, Philip is like developed into my own personal. It's like Oberon with the Kevin Hearn books. There's certain characters that then just kind of become part of my like normal chatter, which is good and bad. But it's like Philip is in there definitely. So when you're in a Denny, sometimes you just are Philip. No, I'm not. I'm not good at the whole jackass thing. It always embarrasses me. Like I have to be in like a. I can do it, but I don't like it because it just. Well, feels... I thought you were doing pretty good at being a jackass. <laughs> yeah. No, I do it, it. I'm in the privacy of my own home, so you're. It's jackass free right now. <laughs> but uh, if I'm in public, I'm much more uh, subdued for sure. Although I do have a 15 year old who, uh, the only way I can impress her is to do accents in public, and so that that I do try to do. Really? It doesn't impress her the way you provide her with food and shelter? <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> You'd uh, think. Kids these days. When she sends yeah. me like this Zillow thing and she's like, look at this house. If I just had this house, it would be my life. And I'm like, dude, my our house is fucking great. Like, <laughs> I did everything I could to get this house. What are you trying to say? <laughs> You're like, no, how many silly voices I had to do? <laughs> yeah, right? This is the house that Silly Voice built. That always oh. reminds me of that uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry goes to uh, the porn house and the guy's like, this is the house that come built. And I'm like, that <laughs> is how I feel. Like, this is the house that ridiculousness built. You say that to your kid? <laughs> yeah, I'd leave the come part out. <laughs> well, I was going to ask about uh, in between each book, like your, your Magic 2.0, you've done all of them and you said you're doing another one. I was wondering what it took for you to get back to the characters voices, but it seems like you just got them already. Well, some of them, cause I've done them a bunch, that's easier. Um, and some of them are more, uh, over characterization. So if I'm doing like a military sci-fi, that's a little more, 
I mean, some of those are pretty out there too, but that I still go back and listen, but sometimes I have to listen more closely of like, Oh, who is captain Bodangles, you know, that was like <laughs> in that third book. And I go back and I can look it up or find it through various methods, but with stuff like magic 2.0, because they're so well-written or, or Kevin Hearn stuff or any number of the ones that have those big memorable characters, they do tend to stick with me. But, uh, I still will listen back just to get a refresher because sometimes they start to stray. Even if I think I remember it one way, then I'll go back and listen to like three books before. And I'm like, wow, that's not quite the same. I can pick it up. But also some of that's the natural evolution of the character as you do, you know, six years with eight different books, things are just going to change. You know, I've never been the like have to hardcore adhere to things. If it serves the book better, like if I'm a better narrator because I don't do something stupid, I'm not going to continue to do that stupid thing in a new book just because I did it in a previous one to maintain continuity. Speaking of stupid things in books, do you do you read a book before you take it on as like a, a project? Uh, the the professional answer is yes, but I did that for two to three hundred books, and I I don't do it now. I record at home so it's easier because I can do a chapter and then I can look ahead and then I can do another chapter. When I was in a studio system, I did read ahead because I was working with a director and an engineer and nobody wants to be sitting there while you're like, wait, is this character from chapter four? Like, so you do, I did do that and it really is the way to do the business. Like that is the way to do it. But I, I'm very lucky to have done quite a few now and then a lot of them are series. So I can. I also have relationships with authors where I will write to them and say, can you give me character breakdowns and things like that ahead of time? And then I'll look at those, but I don't read uh, ahead, no. And I also like cold reading just from a performance aspect, but everybody says you shouldn't say that. Well, I won't, I won't tell them. But yeah, don't I, let anyone know. Like, like Trump said, it's like, uh, no, this will get out. Someone's going to leak this. So, no, well, no one's going to find it on our podcast. No, yeah, you're, yeah, no, I'm you're pretty safe. safe that like the three people, your mother well, and just, her two. I was just curious if like, okay, so you, t you take on a, a book, a commission or whatever, and uh, you get about three chapters in and then all of a sudden the book gets really freaky. Yeah, uh, I've had that. Okay, I just didn't know if, like, so you just... So, I've had different stuff. So, I've been lucky. Like, I did have one that I did, and it was not great, so I had to ask for some redo edits, and they did that. And then I've had some where um, it was questionable, but I was lucky enough that I felt they towed the line but didn't cross it. For instance, I did a, like, four or five, six years ago, I did a, a erotica book that was towing the line of torture porn Can I which ask is real quick did you use a fake name for that or did you do it under luke daniels no, no if i'm gonna spend my time doing it it's my name if unless you know no i no i've never used a, a pseudonym can i say um, something real quick yeah i kind of find all your books a bit erotic hell well i've heard <laughs> that too that's definitely you get those people that are like hey you know but they're sweet i love them all <laughs> because they listen. It's such an intimate experience, though. It's different than watching Netflix because you're being provided the images, whereas this is like you're coming up with the images. I'm giving you like whatever I can and the author's giving you the story. But it's your personal adventure with this like me, this little creepy voice in your ear. So it's a very unique relationship when people do find someone they like and listen to the books because they definitely 
And it is. It's that George Costanza Seinfeld episode where he's like, he can't listen to the book because it's his own voice. Like, it, it's very personal. Like, not everyone likes everybody and you have to have, you know, some people hate it. That's why I always love the bad reviews. I want like a whole section. I've not done it because I don't have time, but on my website of just bad reviews because I love those. They're so affirming in a way. I don't know. People, it just feels like that when you get a bad review, that means you're <laughs> doing something right. I don't know. <laughs> That doesn't seem correct. Like, no, I think like the reviews are just like, fuck Luke Daniels. You're like, all right. It feels like it validates the good reviews. If it was all good, I think I would be like, uh, you know what I mean? There's some trick or something. But like, if there's bad ones, it makes the good ones, you just realize it doesn't, maybe it takes the sting out of the bad ones because you're like, it just doesn't matter. It's a personal taste. You know what I mean? You might listen to it. Like you said, you listen the first 20 minutes and you're like, what's this guy doing? And then you're like, okay, this I got into it because it is a different style. I yeah, don't I think in my in review I said uh, at first I had no idea what this narrator was doing, but I found it very charming very quickly. So well, I appreciate that, but it it does. I think there's certain people that really like that kind of reading, and then respectably, there's a ton of people that like a straight read. They just want you to read the book to them, and that's. But I think that also depends. Like I've kind of that's what I like to do. So I do books that support that. You know what I mean? I'm not getting cast in the, you know, Hamilton biography, you know, I wish I was, man, I would make that thing exciting. Oh, I that, would be, that would be pretty awesome. I would. How, give us, give us just a little taste. How would you do Hamilton's voice? He'd be real ghetto, you know, like he just, <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I think I'd do umbrella feet or something. No, um, he was from the Caribbean, but he would have been educated. So I think I would do somebody who's trying to sound very, um, intentional. He's very intelligent. So it would be based on the character's choice of like, uh, someone who wants to be seen as more than what they started out as. I kind of like the first one. The first one. I know, but then I felt like that was like nowadays, like that just won't go over. So I was like, eh, just <laughs> pull back on that. Well, they don't know what you look like. Even today, I took my daughter to the doctor and uh, the lady who was like the sweet nurse at the end of it, she was like, she was talking about her smile or something. It's like, and when you have such a pretty smile, and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I I shouldn't have said that. Everyone has a pretty smile. And then she like backed out of the room. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, it's okay. (laughs) It's all right. Like, (laughs) turn to your daughter and like, man, that bitch is sensitive. Right, right, right. Go back to the house. Nowadays, yeah. Gotta be careful. So, what's your favorite uh, genre of book to narrate? I saw you done some killy looking books, like uh, murder mystery, and a lot of uh, lit RPG. Some yeah, so books. I've got a couple big ones coming out that I'm totally wanting to pump because they're good books and they're really like perfectly timed for what's popular right now and then i also get part of the proceeds so those are the ones that i always really like love doing if it's something that i think is cool and i do enough books that i know like you know this could fit along with all these other things we're doing and then to have a hand in it it gives more of a sense of ownership um so um i like it's interesting. Lit RPG is new and like, it's something in the last two years I started doing and it's such an interest at first. I was like, what is this? I started doing it early, like back in like with Minecraft stuff. And it was like Minecraft 
books, which were for kids, but they were like fun. Like it was like Lord of the Rings light or whatever. But I kind of dug it because I always liked fantasy and it was a different I didn't really dig the stats stuff because I was never a video game guy. But but I did understand it was like to me, it was exciting. It was like this is like a new genre of writing. Like people don't do this. And then I saw that it had a huge, like, people listen. Like, there's a lot of people that listen to it. And so that was exciting of, like, this isn't just, like, a shot in the dark. There's, like, a lot of people that like this stuff. And then some of the stuff I read, you know, I've done the whole, like, uh, harem stuff. I've done some of those. And those toe the line for me. But at the same time, like, there's something there. It's kind of strange. They, they fill a niche, I guess, in a way. And they do, you know, I, the ones I've done, at least I'm like, always like, I don't know, should I do this? But then I read it and I'm like, it really isn't like, it's just another Conan comic from like my eighties. Like it's not that bad. Like there's good things in it. So yeah, there's been, I don't know where that came from, but there's been a whole like of what to do. Because I do respect the, like, story behind it. Because sometimes it's actually interesting. And I grew up, like, in a nerdy house. We played D&D and we, like, watched Mystery Science Theater and I loved comic books and stuff like that. So that counterculture stuff I've always been interested in. And I feel like that's kind of the counterculture right now, in a way, in the in the small literary niche that we're talking about. That was a lot. Um, so if you <laughs> promise not to steal the idea, Corey will tell you about his harem. I'm doing a new one that's actually really good by Isaac Hook, who did I did a sci-fi for him, military sci-fi. And then now this is one we're co-producing that's harem. But like, it's actually really good. It's it's all these beasts and taming them. And like, it's it's cool. What's your idea? It's idea. It's about this guy who has sex with birds. Oh, yeah. He that gets stuck hell, and he has dude. to live the same day yeah. over and over again. Yeah. So it's a groundhog so. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I yes. going to call it? Deja Who. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. You yeah. in? Yeah. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I got I'll, your email. I'll, I'll record that shit. Yeah. I will constantly send you ideas for books I will never write. Now, I really appreciate your work as, as a narrator. I'm actually an author myself. Oh, my God. I, uh, wrote one children's book and yep. uh i mean my narrator was good but he was no no luke daniels that's for sure of course it didn't take him a week to do it so. <laughs> it's a lot of time in perfection what uh, <laughs> what's your children's book it's called the haunted living room it's a it's a kendall exclusive i can i can tell you of a theme there the haunted uh that kind of hooks you in yeah, it, yeah. you know I've got a good haunted romance series you might like by Heather Graham called uh, The Crew of Hunters. And they go around solving mysteries involving ghosts in historic places in America. And it's actually dope as fuck. And I've done like 30 of them. So I tell everyone that my graham crackers are my daughter's college tuition. They're not on Audible. Why is that? Yeah, no, Where they're else? on Audible. Dude, they're dope. They're a huge following. Heather Graham, uh, G-R-A-H-A-M, The Crew, K-R-E. E-W-E. It's not C-W. It's because it's their alternative, man. It's K-R-E-W-E. And they're awesome. I love them, actually. To me, they're like these all... The thing that I like about them is they incorporate like the history, and then she goes to real places. So like if you go... Like I'll go travel somewhere, and I'm like looking around, I'm like, wait a minute. 
I narrated a book in this downtown in like historic Nashville. Like this was, yeah, okay, I recognize that theater. Like it's weird. She places them all in like different places and then does history from like, so a civil war battle happened there and the civil war ghost comes in and those are fun. Huh? You narrated all of them? Um, I did. So there's like, like 30 or so. The very first one I didn't do. And then I got brought on on the second one. And then for a while, I was too busy, and they gave them to another narrator for, like, three. So I've done, like, 27 out of 30, something like that. Do you ever think about going back and just re-narrating to the I wrote to the publisher, and I said, hey, if you're willing to pay me. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a big fat no. Uh, I was like, I would totally go back and redo those if you'll pay me. And they were like, yeah, that's all good. We're, We're happy. We're fine. So, so you, you said that you've got uh, like three up and coming books that you're really excited about. Yeah, you want to hear my pitch? Yeah, let's hear the pitch. So the first one, well, what was the one that you listened to? That was, um, is that the fantasy one that you started listening to the first 20 minutes of? Da-da-da-da. You want to talk about your dog again? Da-da-da-da. He's a very beautiful dog named Shadow Milo. Magic is what I listen to. Shadow Magic. And I hope Magic. there will be a Nazri Noor, yeah, he's really cool. All right, so Party Hard is a book. I'm excited about that. I'm really excited. So this is the lit RPG that we're talking about. But again, they they uh, David dials down the stats. Um, They're still in there, so you still get that feel for the technical side, which I respect because that's where it's coming from. But they're not invasive. And the dialogue is so good, and the characters are really fun. So it moves like a freight train, but it's a good solid, like, I think, eight to nine hours. So it actually, I know sometimes it's tough when you get a book and it's like five hours, everybody wants it longer. So that one I'm super excited about. And then No Country for Old Gnomes, which is a Penguin book, uh, Penguin Random House, and it's the sequel to Kevin Hearn and and Delilah S. Dawson's first book, uh, Kill the Farm Boy. And then Uncanny Collateral just came out with, that's a Brian McKellen. That one's six hours, but it's a really awesome urban fantasy. So if you like Kevin Hearn, if you like um, Jim Butcher, uh, that kind of stuff, it's that style. But I feel like it's a little more cutting edge um, and a lot of fun. And uh, so that's those are the ones that I'm going to pump right now. You said Dakota Kraut as if you've done something for him. I just did something. What didn't I say of Dakota's? Let me look it up. Well, he's yeah. got the Dungeon series. The Red Mage. Isn't it Red Mage? Red Mage or something. Yeah. It just like- came out. And then he's been, Dakota's been so cool. Like, <clears throat> I did this and then he booked me for like a couple other things. And then he's been trying to, he's like super involved right now in the audiobook production. And I feel like he's got like a production company with other authors too. I I feel like my uh, Audible is jacked up right now because I type you in, and there's about forty nine books, but it seems like you've done more than forty nine. It doesn't. No, I've got five hundred and fifty. But Xander Boyce is the Red Mage book. What did I do for Dakota? Oh, he's gonna hate this, isn't he? Jesus. Yeah, he's going to cancel all those other ones. Isn't, isn't it? Yeah, it's regicide. It's going to be on USA Today tomorrow morning, I'm sure. <laughs> the, papes, the papes will report last night on the podcast. I have a question real quick, if yeah. you could answer it. I, I don't know if you can answer it or not. So I'm in Audible, and I type in Luke Daniels, and it auto-fills it, Luke Daniels gay. Why is that? <laughs> 
Dude, I've noticed that too. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I've done a couple uh, gay erotic books. Uh, you can pull them up. If you type in gay, yeah, there they are. They're good. Uh, oh, I did the because Lost people Pri- want to hear his gay books. That's yeah, right. no, actually they're popular. But the the series I did by Nick Nolan is actually a really good uh, homosexual uh, erotic. But they're actually, they're great. They're beautiful. But um, I did those, and then that Lost Prayers of Ricky Gay- Graves is a really good. Like, that's just like, I read it, and I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking beautiful book. And it's got all these amazing narrators on it. So that's a that's a really cool one, too. Yeah, but I don't know. That's interesting that it pulls that up. Well, you could be the voice of the gay community. I'd yeah. like that. I mean, I think Neil Patrick Harris is already there, but I have, maybe I you can stand hold, next to him. I can't hold a candle to that guy. Let me tell you, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'll be uh, uh, I'll be the uh, audio Neil Patrick Harris. How about that? That'd be pretty sweet. All I was right. gonna so, ask you, like, as as a narrator, who do you look up to? I'm pretty sure one of the answers is gonna be Reese Witherspoon, but who else do you look up to as a narrator? Actually, I like Reese Witherspoon because she did a deal with Audible uh, to do like some sort of book club, kind of like Oprah's. And it's just another example of like celebrities lifting the genre and the industry. So for me, like, yeah, I'm all about it, especially because when I was 12, she was like the hottest girl on TV. So (laughs) I remember watching all those. uh, What was the one where she was in Africa? That was a great movie. Yeah. Look it up. It's a really good one. What was out of Africa? No, that's I think it's Catherine Hepburn. Are we recording? No, I (laughs) think. What was the question? This is how it is, man. Uh, we we wanted to know how you felt about Reese Witherspoon and yeah. if you were attracted to her when you were younger. Yeah. I gave that away already. <laughs> that was a, a fan of mine. Her and Alicia Silverstone, those were uh, big. We were big fans. I had yeah, three that, brothers, or two brothers. We were girl. three of us. We all were interested in beautiful women. I feel like Alicia Weird. Silverstone always looks like her face is dirty, and I don't know why. I feel like no. Reese Witherspoon's face always looks so greasy. She does a, they, they call her Greasy Reese for a reason. You're terrible. They're both. But that's now. I don't know why we hate her. <laughs> I'm know. starting to her name like, rhymes with grease. Oh, okay. It has. She's no. Gonna get her on the podcast. It's gonna be great. You guys are terrible. I disassociate <laughs> everything they just said. <laughs> I I I think I, they're beautiful no matter what their faces look like. That's nice of you. Oh, you're into those butter faces. <laughs> I just bailed out of that shit. Do you believe everyone has a beautiful smile? <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, whatever. You guys are going to blow it up and be like, make fun of me. But I do, I think, like, every single person is amazingly beautiful in just, like, the way that they are. But people do, like, weird stuff, and then it makes them, like, ugly hags. You know, I was just thinking that. I don't know if you've ever seen professional wrestling, but there's a wrestler <laughs> whose name She's a lady named Paige, and she used to be pretty, and now her face looks all weird because she had plastic surgery. And I pointed that out on the internet, and people argued with me. It was weird. Well, it's kind of, you got to be aware of the time right now. Like, it, it, it's not the best time to push, like, kind of negative views of people's appearance. Like, well, no matter I who they was, are. I, I said... You're Has not really going to win, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, you're already on the defensive, don't you see? No, like, said, it doesn't. Said, uh, <laughs> her face looks like her plastic surgeon was trying to remember what a human face looks like from memory. And yeah, I, but, 
look at Kevin Hart. Like he was like top of the world. And then he says like, what, like you, you just can't like, it doesn't matter on the internet and like anywhere, like just, you gotta be like cool and not he, be he can't not do be anything dick. anymore. I remember well, when Cat Williams just used to be a awesome until a twelve year old beat him up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> now I do enjoy watching like nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties stand up because it's different like people just said stuff. Even like, you know, there's a different vibe. Like some of the Richard Pryor stuff, oh my God. Like nowadays it'd be like national news. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it's it will so be. funny. If the wrong person listens to it, it will come back. They'll right. all have to apologize. Exactly. Who did Get Small? Oh, uh, Steve Martin. Yeah, that's Steve Martin's special, Get Small. He'll get in trouble for making fun of drugs. Oh, man, I love Steve Martin. God, growing up with the jerk. and I used to stay home from school and watch Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which, like, now I try to rewatch it. And it's it's good, but, like, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> You'd rather but be man, at school? <laughs> oh, I would just sit there. Yeah, now I would, but now I would, I would sit there back then and just like, oh, I would emulate all of that stuff. I would loved it. So I have to say, I, I'm curious about this Dakota Kraut uh, business because Luke, is he there with you? Yeah, can you just ask him real quick? Ether collapse. I think they, I'm is working that a book with an you've author done? of hers, written by Ryan De Bruyne. So I'm doing a book for him through him, but for somebody else. And then he wants to do a book and I, I owe him a phone call. Why are we blowing this up right now? Yeah, I got to call Dakota back. Dakota, hold on, guys, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Dakota, if you're listening right now, I hope I've already called you back. Well, by the time this gets edited, if you haven't called him back, you've lost <laughs> that job. <laughs> I'm just curious because I am actually a big fan of Dakota Kraut. And, right, uh, me too. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were working with him, that'd be great. We're yeah. in the process. We're circling. We're like we're like vultures circling a dead carcass, deciding which piece to pick out next. You should uh, slyly bring up that that pigeon harem book I came up with. <laughs> yeah, and... the haunted pigeon. Sure, that's good too. Just just tell him I just want my name on the cover, slightly smaller than his. Well, uh, but I, it, it's got to be smaller than mine. I think it'd be like I Dakota think Kraut, would be at the top, narrated by Luke Daniels with Corey Juice Hatfield. <laughs> no, I don't want to be attached to this man. <laughs> I just gave you an associate producer credit. Yahoo. That's a good title. It's good for a pigeon harem, I will say. Yes. I was well, really growing up in Michigan, we had like Deja Vu was the strip club. So you've got a whole connection right there with the harem. So uh, what series, I'm just blown away about how many series you've done, but which one are you would are most proud of? Like if you were going to have someone listen to one of your books or 27 in a series, which mm. one would you go for? Uh-oh, you put him on the spot now. I mean, I, I always I, direct people to Kevin Hearns because it's such crowd-pleaser stuff. It's the one I've done that the most people across the board kind of enjoy and get a big kick out of. Because they're urban fantasy, it's kind of easy reading, but it's got, you know, some soul to it. And they're funny. And they're pop culture, and people always respond well to them. So that one, I, and I'm proud of it because I elevated the series through the audiobook sales and popularity. So that one I always kind of feel like is my 
home base. But then there's a lot of like lesser ones that I really dig. Like I did uh, this guy named Harry Hunsicker, who's only done a couple books in a series. But I remember them just being these great like gritty Texas uh, current noir kind of detective stories. You know, so there's these other ones that are always fun to do because they're so under the radar. And then you're like, this guy's actually like a really good writer, you know, um, and those always kind of excite me. And then when they when there's books that get big responses, like um, Marco Close has a Frontlines military series that I've been doing for like eight years. And every one is just like different and fun. And I've got a new book from him that's good. And so if you like military sci-fi and then Richard Fox and now Scott Moon are two really great. Uh, Richard's been doing it for a while and I've just started doing the Scott Moon stuff. Those are military sci-fi as well. Ember Wars, um, Terran Union, Terran Army, like they've developed like a freaking whole universe. It's insane. He did a picture uh, uh, Richard Fox did of all his like extended universes. And it's like it puts MCU to shame, but it's all these you know, Earth is in peril and then they, you know, shoot out and go into the galaxy and try to fight the aliens and it goes on and on and on. But they're really fun. Uh, the big thing with those is dialogue for me, at least what separates the ones that I like is, is it got good, fast moving, like they're not afraid to do dialogue. Some authors are, you know, and you get these great swaths of incoherent text, but the ones that stick out are the ones that like actually have a story to tell. And then the characters kind of have personality and they banter off of each other and they have stuff to do, you know, it's not rocket science, even though they're talking <laughs> about rocket science and you know, they have no idea what rocket science is. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in all your Minecraft books. I have a six year old who's really into that. And oh yeah. Mark, there's an early, there's, so there's two series. Mark Sheverton does one. But there's one that would be perfect for because he your six year old is younger. So there's one that's really sweet because it's like they go to the building competition and like he's like, oh, I built and I tried to do it and I messed up. And his friends like, you did great. It's like really sweet, but they're funny. Those are perfect for that age. And then there's the older ones, which I think is Mark Sheverton, which is for like 12 year olds. And those are fun because they're like Lord of the Rings light. So they're very much like. There's an evil skeleton queen, and there's like an evil, you know, and they get to do fun stuff with voices. So they're kids. I'll probably do the older one. He's pretty mature for his age. I let him drive over here. So good, good. Hey, uh, when you when you uh, look up Luke Daniels' narrator, it says that you're an actor, a writer, and a director, as well as an audiobook narrator. Damn, good deal. <laughs> Did what? you know that? Yeah. What is that about? <laughs> Um, no, I, I, that's, I wrote that. So, uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, um, I have directed, like, I directed, uh, I've directed plays and I've directed audiobooks. Um, I've probably, I've directed probably a dozen or so audiobooks from like Nick Padel to Tina Packer, who is the head of the Shakespeare and Company theater in Berkshire, Massachusetts. So I've got some creds. Um, and writer, I do write. I don't have anything published, but I'm working on something right now with Audible that's uh, hopefully going to happen. And um, I've developed some other projects. So, yeah, it's like this is what I see myself as. And 90% of it is 100% accurate. 
Liz said you were a producer on Yoga Hosers. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I've done. Well, I mean, I've done at least a dozen. I've produced a dozen audiobooks that are, you know, like I said, when I was talking about those ones, I was repping was because I get part of the proceeds. That's part of being a producer. So not just narrating, but then um, sharing in the proceeds with the author through an independent production. Okay, so like so, with your pigeon porn or whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deja exactly. Vu. You and I, Deja, um, you have to say it like that, though. Deja. Who? Uh, that one I could do, you and I could do, and we could share the proceeds, and we would both be producers of that audio. Excellent. That's what I so like. You to could hear. put it on your Google search and the people would type it in Corey and it would say um, producer. Nice. OK, and, so and then, way better than my old credit. That one. Right. So, so say, say you're talking to a person who doesn't really know a whole lot about uh, making audiobooks. What exactly is it like? Because you said that you've directed some audiobooks. So that was something that was more popular five years ago. And it's still something that happens for big projects. So if Michelle Obama is going to narrate her audiobook, there's a goddamn director there. So that means there's a person who has produced countless audiobooks with a lot of talent and a lot of experience who is there listening while she's recording. And then also there's another person who's the engineer. And all of them are listening, and they may stop and say, Michelle, 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 you are just sounding queen. You are just you are killing it. But that last word you said was totally incorrect and you need to go back. And so there's got to be somebody kind of running the show. That's the director. But 90 percent of audiobooks that you're listening to on Audible are produced by people like me in their house with no director, just us sitting in a room. Uh, Some people know better than an unfinished basement, which I had at one time. And then other people who have like a nice actual sound booth like me who, you know, after time, I've been able to build that. So. The production sound still sounds professional, but you don't have the oversight of two other people listening. And you also don't have that feeling as a performer of like performing for people because there's other people listening in the moment as opposed to just like I'm in this booth telling the story, deciding this is all shit or this is all good. It seems like you uh, you're up to doing a bunch of different things and experimenting with your your audiobooks and stuff. If someone was to try to hire you for super cheap to uh, record a book from the perspective of an 18-year-old slime girl, how would you deal with that? Um, I don't exactly know what a slime girl is. It's the girl made of slime. It <laughs> makes me incredibly uncomfortable even saying it, so She's probably... No, it's... It, it's She's cool. Yeah, she's cool. You'll like her. I think you could get into this. Well, I immediately think it has nothing to do with me because if it's a girl, it needs to have a girl narrator. Oh, why does everyone keep saying that? We got to get get a girl narrator. (laughs) I don't think it necessarily needs a girl narrator, just the right narrator. And and, uh, I think you're the guy. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm up for anything. Like I said, I'm very much about like seeing what's out there. So. I think that what's cool about it is I've done books for people, like I said, that are like literally nobody knows about them. And I'm like, that guy is a freaking or that lady is an amazing writer. Like I've had people where they're this is a person that sold a million books. and I'm like, they're good. Like they know what they're doing. 
And then I've had people where I go, nobody will read this book, but this person is solid. There's a guy, oh, I did a YA series about Victor Frankenstein by a Canadian author. And they didn't get much traction, but I was like, dude, this guy is as brilliant as like J.K. Rowling. Like he's so good. So was you it Mr. Dress Up? No, it, it was. <laughs> I don't That's know. That's just... <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> no, he was a great. He was a re, he's really good. He's really what good. What was the and name I'll, of those? Uh, Victor. Uh, young uh, Victor Frankenstein. The story of Victor Frankenstein. What was it? Um, this dark endeavor. That was the first one, This Dark Endeavor. And then I narrated the second one. And then I don't know if he ever published the third one. But I remember listening to it or reading them and just being like, these guys, this guy is just, he's top notch. So, yeah, a lot of times with these, you know, royalty share or, or trying to do independent publishing, you can get people that are actually really great. And it's a way for people that don't have Maybe they live in other places and they don't have an agent or they don't have ways to do their writing. They can actually get like an audience. So I think it's, I mean, it's cool to be a part of that. And then it's kind of risky too, because you got to find good stuff, you know? So I don't know. Pigeons are in right now. I think 2019 yeah. is the year of the pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. So write the book. Oh, <laughs> can we get someone else to write the book? Here's the whole thing. You got to have words. I mean, yeah. that's the biggest part. That's the that's number one hard. thing. Whoa, Before on. even me, you have to have words. You're a narrator. You can't supply the words. Yeah, you said you do some rewrites on the fly and have them redo it. So I, I definitely gave you do. A title. Uh, I left. I definitely like improv, but nobody's going to listen to that because that's just uh, one lonely white guy just droning on about nothing. Well, about you pigeons. Some... You have a direction. That's true. Well, let's it do a little bit right sexy. now. Okay, ready? There has Here to be we go. Pigeons. Here we go. Chapter one. (laughs) He said chapter for you. Oh, we're not going to say chapter. We'll go days. Day one. Pigeon journal. Nobody's feeding me shit. I've had this scratchy patch on my back that I can't itch. I believe it's spreading to my shoulders. I think it's Ebola. (laughs) day two (laughs) my feet I can't move my right one I hobble along looking for scraps people spit on me I'll just sleep day three feeling better someone gave me a crust I ate some bagel now my stomach hurts slowly dying (laughs) And then that's it. You got to like pay another ten bucks to listen to what happens to the pigeons. I I think we got. Oh PayPal my hooked. gosh! Yeah, we, I will. We've got PayPal. We'll shoot it over. Isn't it Patron or Patreon? How do you uh, however you pronounce that shit? Patreon. Patreon. We don't have Patreon, but we've got we don't have Patreon. Patreon. Josh, or, uh, I'm sorry. JDS has a PayPal account now. I do. Yeah. Shoot your money over. Yeah. Shoot me those digits. Just shoot. <laughs> those digits and i will give you i will give you pigeon updates every day just wait because next week that pigeon's going to shit out that bagel and he's going to name it and he's going to become friends with it you, you just got an extra day for yeah, free yeah i know you, you need to Boom. be careful you're going to start getting a lot of money tell you man tell you that pigeon and that shit bagel bagel are going to just tear up new york city 
See, but here's the problem, and I don't mean to criticize you, but we specifically said it needed to be a time loop, and you're like three days in. <laughs> well, the time loop starts later, and the erotica starts when the second narrator shows up. <laughs> well, yeah, and then there's there's definitely going to be a whole erotic thing with the poop and going back in and out, and he's like, poops in, poops out. Like, I mean, it's it's steamy, guys. Poops in. Poops out. <laughs> All right, so you guys want to do these questions? Oh my God! Awesome. Okay, yeah. These questions were sent in by Google. Corey doesn't know any words, so just be prepared yeah, for just, whatever happens. Hold on. No, I. Uh, these were sent in by fellow narrator Steve Campbell. Oh, oh boy! All right. Here and Sarah Campbell. His oh boy! Lovely wife. His wife and hostage. I say the better half. Yeah. Literally, she's half. He cut her one half. <laughs> Question one. Why is Kermit the Frog fuzzy? Well, I don't think Kermit's fuzzy. (laughs) Uh, Maybe because that bitch pig rubbed off on me? (laughs) That's amazing. He's good at this. Um, It's just there are different types of frogs. One has hair. Some have hair. Did you ever see that video? Of that frog that has like its babies live in its back and it's super gross. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I immediately turn out tune out when people say, "Did you ever see?" And then I'm like, "I'm done." Like as soon as they say that, I'm like, "Did I? I have something else to do today." No, I didn't see that one. Uh, just keep, keep an eye on your email. Shoot it over. <laughs> shoot it over my DM. Just shoot me a DM. Poop in and poop out. <laughs> Well, he's a puppet, right? So I'm he not has to be fuzzy. I'm not convinced he is fuzzy. So no, slick. Yeah, made out of real. I would say Fozzie is fuzzy. Fozzie. I would fuzzy. not say that Kermit is fuzzy. Is yes, that, they have felt because they have. Uh, I made a felt. Is that what you want me to say? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Refill my glass. Okay, Kermit. Oh, you can refill my glass. I could do all of them, man. Oh my okay. god. Here you go. Super this one. Grover. Yeah, that one. <laughs> the These aren't fun. the same thing, man. Kermit's oh. not from Sesame Street. I know, but it's Jim Henson, whatever. The power of the bait. I could even do, you know, do some Bowie, whatever. Bowie? Yeah, he was my favorite puppet. He was, dude. They did such good handwork on him. <laughs> uh, I'm working on this next question. I got to digest it. <laughs> It's a tough one. It's it's. Um, you got okay, your so, uh, lexicon open? Okay. <laughs> assuming time travel is possible, if yes. you traveled back in time, would you encounter sandwiches so hard you couldn't bite them, and leaves so heavy they couldn't be lifted? Meaning, is the past set and unalterable, or can it be changed? I would travel back in time, and I would take the, and I would like set a fire that just spread over everything and then I would travel forward in time and see what it did. Actually, um, that's that's Correct. this book Corey's writing about Correct. the Chicago fire of nineteen hundred. Thank you. Correct. Yeah, that's that yeah, that's that's good. I was trying to keep that yeah, one a secret. Where they knocked over the lantern and it started the yeah, Ma whatever her name was, Ma Bell. Mama Cass. I think she ate a sandwich and she choked on it and then she knocked over a uh, a lantern and it started the Chicago fire. 
Yes. That's what you think. Until that's you true story. Fire. Yeah, that's uh, it's called Spicy Milk, and it's about the cow who started the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he ate yeah. a burrito. Yeah. It's it's a cl- it's gonna be an instant classic. I'm glad you already uh, sat down to narrate it. I, man, I, have to I already say, accepted I, that proposal. I'm on. I'm glad to know that that you are a, a, just an arson at heart. <laughs> the first thing you do, you go back in time, is just start a big fire. Now, now I have it's the easiest way to decide if things actually affect things. Like I could go back and just like lay a ring on top of a plant leaf and see. No, like start a fire and then come back and see what happens. Because they're always like butterfly wings or whatever, you know. You start something. No, do something big. See what that does. Set the butterfly on fire. Yeah. Yeah, set, yeah right. Burn that okay. butterfly. Kill Hitler. See the effects. <clears throat> I mean, I'll just set it on fire. You would know. I mean, I mean, maybe that's where the question should be. Do you kill baby Hitler? Do, do I you kill? Raise him as your own. No, I would I would take him into the forest like that TV show Hannah, and I would raise him as like this badass killer. Because <laughs> you already he, know it's in his heart. Right, yeah, it's already I mean, in his heart. And then like when he's 12, I just like take him out to the field. I'm like, okay, you've been training for 12 years. And he's like, yes, Papa. And then I just like shoot him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yes, Papa. Now, uh, this is just a personal question, but if you were turned into a cat, how long would it be before you mated with another cat? I don't like cats. I respect cats, but I don't like cats. I don't really like cats either. I do own one now. If I was a cat, I would definitely mate with another cat. What am I going to do, mate with a dog? Like, no, (laughs) I would do it like the next day or that day. I'd be like, I'm a cat. What happens next? You got. What I mean, if, you got to embrace any cat, situation you come into. What if you're the cat and you decide to mate with the other cat and you're you're fucking the cat, but then you turn into a human again and your priest walks in? <laughs> you're gonna look like a fool. You didn't even think about that. You just answered. That's true, but I have <laughs> enough self confidence to know that like I just changed into a human. It's not like I chose to fuck this as a human. I was choosing. <laughs> the choice was made as a cat. Whether or not it completed as a human, I can't help that. There's magic beyond my control, clearly. And my priest coming in, I've never given my priest access to my house, so he's in the wrong there. So I still come out smelling like a golden turd, guys. Oh, God, he's so good at this. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we could end it. If- I think we did good. <laughs> Where can yeah. people send you bunches of money? Go go to uh, Luke Daniels on Audible or go on to Facebook and type in my name or whatever and listen to books. Like I've got I told them earlier, there's that Brian McKellen book and there's um, the Uncanny Collateral that we did. And just look those up. And if you listen to them and you like them, that's great. And if you don't, that's OK, too. Like, that's all good. Listen to books. They're great. That's all I got.